0: It became kind of like a game, like a scavenger hunt where people would ask me where it was and I would look up the artists and I was researching and I would sometimes uh, connect with the artists about stuff.
1: It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self discovery, self improvement, and self purpose. Where will your story take you? Now, let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. Welcome to episode
2: 22 of the Ted Huff Show. We have Marnie Coons, a running coach, writer, marketing consultant, and the founding CEO of Run Street, a St. Louis native that in January 2012 uprooted her life to move to New York City and pursue her dream. After a series of setbacks, she tightened her laces and transformed a blog about her passion for running into the thriving business we know today as Run Street. In this episode, you will learn how she used art running to keep moving forward toward her dream. Hey, Marnie, thanks for being on the show today. She described some of her time before moving to New York City and Brooklyn, being more of a country music song. Some of the things that she's had going on recently are definitely a little bit more rock and roll um, or energetic, however you want to look at it. What was going on with you that, that made you feel like that that country music had been going on? And then we'll, we'll go from there.
0: I was born in St. Louis, and I grew up there, and I went to college in Illinois, and then when I returned to St. Louis, um, eventually, and when I was there, a lot of things kind of fell apart in my life, and my dog died, um, my grandma died, and different things were going on where I felt like it was becoming like a country song, like a sad, you know, a like woeful country song. and um, But on one hand, while things fell apart, things also came together to move to New York. So then I moved to New York seven years ago. And since then, I started um, the event side of my business, Run Street, which I started as a blog in St. Louis. And then in New York, I took it to another level. So from there, I've just been working on the business and growing it and I've been lucky to be able to travel and meet different people from all over the world.
2: What was the decision like to make that move to New York City?
0: It was something that I just felt was right when I went to New York for a journalism field trip. And when I went, I I really just fell in love with the city and I knew I wanted to live in a big city before I wanted to live in Chicago. But once I came to New York, I was like, Oh, this is the place for me. It just felt like home. And it just took me a while to get here. So in a roundabout way, I think I had to kind of lose some things that I was hanging on to, or things that might have been kind of holding me back in ways. And then, then I was open to just starting over and coming to New York like I always wanted to.
2: So running has been a big part of your life since you were a child. You and I have talked and cross country is really where you started your running. What was it that got you to start looking at, at cross country as, as, a, as an activity?
0: Um, cross country, I started because I wanted to do a sport and I was in junior high and I was very awkward and shy and I didn't want to try out or I didn't make the cut for tryouts for some teams. So I thought, well, I'll run because they have no tryout. My first cross country meet, I thought this is terrible. It's so long. It's not ending. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but I had made some good friends on the team and I still felt this great sense of accomplishment when I was done. So that kept me coming back for more. And then I also did track. And I also ran in college, um, but we were Division three, so it wasn't like super competitive. But I've been running since then.
2: Oh my goodness! No breaks, nothing in there where you uh, where you thought you were going to hang up your your shoes or anything.
0: Not really. Um, I mean, I had some injuries that kind of forced me to take a break, but I did take breaks from competing, and I don't race a lot. Um, but I always still run just for just because for the fun of it, I guess.
2: More of a a fun group run type stuff with, with, uh, with other folks.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, no, uh, no trying to qualify for the Boston marathon or anything these days.
0: No, not really. Um, yeah, I ran the New York marathon and, um, I think that was enough for me for a while of marathons. It was a great experience, but I was injured uh for a long time after that and then since then i've done it more on a fitness level and for art runs for fun
2: before moving to new york city you mentioned going through a bunch of different difficult times But once getting to New York City, I can't imagine that everything went perfectly wonderful. Sunshine, rainbows, unicorns, everything just aligned perfectly. There had to be a a couple points where you just felt like you were at that breaking point and you are like, maybe I just need to move back to St. Louis.
0: I definitely had times where I questioned um, my sanity because things were very difficult in New York. Um... And I think moving to New York without a job was not the smartest plan. Um, So I bounced around with different living situations and different roommates um, and different jobs. And I did a lot of things like part-time and walking dogs and freelance writing. And um, I think at one point I went through a breakup and I had someone, my ex we had been living together. And then from there, I had also lost my job in New York as a journalist. um, And I didn't really have much to fall back on. And I thought I might have to move back to St. Louis. And it was a very bad breakup on top of things. And he was like stalking me. And so it was very crazy. And uh, I went home for a while to my parents' house. I went for about a month. And in that time, I was starting to wonder if I would if I should even come back because I had moved so many times in New York and I'd done so many jobs and this person, I felt like this person had kind of taken the little foothold I had and knocked me out of it in a way. Um, but I did find a place and I came back to New York and I moved again. And so I've moved about 17 times, I think, in New York.
2: Wow. In seven <laughs> yeah. years, seven, t- that, you've broken my record. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think I've probably broken a lot of people's record, even my own, my whole life. Until then, I never moved that many times. That was a lot. That was the only time I thought I might have to stay in St. Louis. But other than that, I always thought, if it doesn't work out, I'll try somewhere else.
2: Moving 17 times, what have you learned from each one of those
0: moves? Uh, That's a good question. I would say I learned a lot about people because I had different roommates and I lived in different neighborhoods. I learned a lot about New York because I lived in so many, I lived in different parts of Manhattan and then different parts of Brooklyn. Um, so I kind of learned, I guess the different communities and different neighborhoods. I learned about them and and just about local things or things to do. I learned the trains pretty well because I lived off so many different train lines. Um, so I guess geographically I learned a lot. And then also I learned about different people and different issues people had and sometimes things I never would have thought about, you know, um, that some people were dealing with different mental health issues or uh, just different compatibility with roommates.
2: As you'd mentioned before, Run Street started out as a blog in St. Louis. You brought it with you to New York City. How did it transform into what it is today i mean what what, kind of give us an understanding of of that kind of transformation that it went through now i think you have one coming up what in seattle soon
0: yeah we just had one in seattle just had
2: it just had it in seattle i see i'm already behind the behind the curve
0: (laughs) it's hard to keep up i know it kind of transformed because um a running coach which i became certified in st louis as one um even though I studied English in college and I went into journalism, I had started doing a running blog and from the blog and from coaching in New York, I started doing some one-on-one coaching and also a running group in Brooklyn. And from that, I kind of learned about events. And then when I was posting about art that I found on my runs a lot on Instagram, different street art, people were very interested and It became kind of like a game, like a scavenger hunt, where people would ask me where it was, and I would look up the artists, and I was researching, and I would sometimes uh, connect with the artists about stuff. From there, I thought I'll lead an art running event where I show people the art because they want to know where it is, and I learned a lot about the artists, um, so I can share the information and do kind of a fun running event that teaches people about the different communities and the different art in the communities.
2: What, what is the thing that you remember most from your very first event?
0: Um, I remember that Nike was there. They had a shoe test (laughs) so people could wear Nike shoes. And I remember we did it at the Brooklyn running company, um, which is a local running store here. And they were, they were new at the time and they've become, you know, a very big part of the New York running community. Um, so I just remember they were a great host and I remember people's enthusiasm and the amount of people who came out surprised me because there was a lot. So, um, I think those were the main things.
2: So what, and, 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 because this is about, this shows about life's imperfections and, and how we overcome things, what was something that happened that you thought after the fact or thought during the fact, I can't believe I didn't think about that.
0: Um during the first event, I guess I would say I didn't know how many people I didn't think about how much I would need to um talk to people or kind of convey more about the art to a big group of people because I'm kind of my voice is kind of quiet and so it was it was a good practice, I guess, to see that in the future I needed to talk louder or maybe have um, key murals that I picked out more ahead of time.
2: Is Seattle the first one that you've done outside of New York, or have you had more outside of New York?
0: Yeah, I've had more. Um, We've done Chicago several times, uh, Miami, and um, I'm trying to think what else, Philadelphia, Boston, and Atlanta. So I think those are the main cities we've done so what
2: do you think is is the key to having a successful event where it's somewhere where you're where you don't reside
0: um i think that the key is working with people locally and also doing a lot of research um and finding yeah good partners to do it with so a lot of times we partner with local art museums or local businesses like a coffee shop um or an art gallery. And by partnering with people who are also excited about it, then they can cross promote it and, um, and also help give us ideas about if it's an art museum about artists that they work with locally. Um, and some of the runners also are a great resource to connect with different running groups or give ideas on the route in the neighborhoods.
2: I mean, obviously you're putting together these, these huge events with lots of people, lots of different players. You have vendors, you have artists, you have runners, you have store, you have uh, running stores. You have, I mean, you have a lot of moving parts. So I can only imagine that you get overwhelmed. You get to a point where you start to lose focus and feel discombobulated. What do you do to just bring everything back in and, and start marching forward
0: again? I've had times where sometimes I take a break from social media. I think that was taking up a lot of my time. Um, And sometimes I'll get help with that. Like I can, I'll hire someone to help with the social media or um, I like to travel. So traveling and just getting a break from everything and taking in new sites or sometimes going to an art museum, it helps me relax and kind of have fresh energy for
2: when I come back. Wow. You actually said nothing what I was expecting. I was expecting you to go, well, you know what I do is that I put on my headphones and I go for a run. That's what I expected.
0: (laughs) I can do that too. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so, so within the last, uh, I mean, obviously this has grown over the last seven years. Um, but what do you think or is there a, a belief, a habit, or a behavior that you have changed recently in the last three years or so that mm-hmm. you feel has helped you accelerate your mission?
0: Uh yeah, I think a habit I've changed is becoming more predictable and planning. I I've always been pretty spontaneous and um sometimes unpredictable and so i had to learn that i need to plan ahead um up to planning a whole year ahead and sometimes a couple years so that's helped me a lot with growing and with identifying when i need to get help or who i need to get help from or who i need to partner with um because the old me was like kind of a free spirit where i was just go wherever the wind takes me and And what I realized I had to make some commitments to events and to places and people by planning ahead. So I think that's helped a lot.
2: With coaching running, how, what do you see as the most common thing when you're, when you're coaching somebody, somebody comes to you and says, Hey, Marnie, um, I feel like when I run, I look like Elaine from Seinfeld when she's trying to dance. (laughs) how do you how do you help somebody who feels that their run or their stride or or how they run is so out of whack where do you start with that
0: um i usually with beginners i'll take a video of them running so they can see it and then i can physically show them from the video things that they could improve um but i think a lot of it's confidence and a lot of beginners they don't have the confidence so having a coach to kind of reassure them that like, you know, you're on the right path and you can make some changes, but you're not as bad as you think. And, um, you know, there's nothing that you can't work on. And so just having someone there to remind you that and kind of give you some pointers, I think that helps a lot with beginners. Cause a lot of it, people are very self-conscious as beginners. So it helps to have someone there with you, um, and not feel like everyone's watching you.
2: So what would be one of the the most common misconceptions about running? Cause a lot of folks listening or watching may not be runners. May are thinking about, Hey, maybe I should start running. Uh, maybe in the back of their mind, they're going, you know, um, I really, I, I, I want to do either a 5k or a 10k or a half marathon, whatever it might be. What are some common misconceptions about getting started running that, that they should should keep in mind.
0: Um, I would say that generally, what your natural um, running form is, a lot of times that's correct because it kind of is natural for people to run. So there's that is a misconception that there's one way to run. There's not one right way to run. There's just it's like a gray area of things that you can you can work on and improve. But overall, if you're able to run and you don't get injured, then that's usually the most important thing. So if your form looks a little different than someone else's, then it's nothing to get too worried about. So that's a common misconception. Also, people don't realize how important the running shoes are. So getting the right running shoes is also important because we all have different gaits and foot strikes. and sometimes So you, you don't know, you just might-
2: go for the ones that you like the color of?
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like maybe other shoes where you're just going for the, the color and style, but something that's actually works for you. And most running shoe stores are great at you know, fitting you and putting you on a treadmill and helping you figure out the right running
2: shoes. You actually hit what I was going to say. So what do people do to get the right pair of shoes? So go to a running store, have them throw you up on a treadmill. Well, sorry, have you step up onto the treadmill, throwing you on there might be a little uncomfortable, but (laughs) get, get on the treadmill Do you know, walk through their process. They can help you find the right pair of shoes uh, to get you started. Can you get started without doing that?
0: Uh, Yeah, you can. I mean, and you might have shoes that have worked for you that you already are using, but you do want to make sure you change your shoes about every 400 miles. So, um, and your walking counts too. A lot of people don't realize that, that when you're walking in your shoes, that's still wearing them down. So whether you're running or walking, if they're in your running shoes, that still counts as miles and wear.
2: Okay. Yeah. And that's actually a good point because... I I hadn't even thought about the walking miles counting because I'm like, okay, so that would mean if you ran three miles a day, you know, it'd be quite a while before that you had to replace them. Well, then if you also wear them casually, you have to think in in consideration that, and if you're getting in your ten thousand steps, that wears a lot faster.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's one of the most common things is people. They don't change their shoes, and that could be one of the most common reasons they get injured.
2: Do you see more injury from from shoes that are worn out, or do you see more injury from something else?
0: It's usually a combination, maybe half and half, but some people, yeah, a lot of people have the wrong shoes. If they've just been running on their own or they, they have never been to a running store, um, they don't have good running shoes for them. So that's that can be common. Um, And other people, it's more just like mechanical or physical issues that they might have um, something that's putting extra pressure on their knee. Or maybe if they're overweight, sometimes that can cause extra pressure on the joints. and um, Or it might be a past injury from sports growing up in school, and that can be um, aggravated from running. So it could be a combination of things.
2: So which business book do you think um, has helped you the most in your journey?
0: Um, I would say The School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. I read that, and that was at a time when I was really getting Run Street going. Um, It was maybe three years ago, and it was when I was pretty new with the art runs, and it gave me inspiration for being an entrepreneur and kind of following your passion. And, uh, and then there's also business books like um, the four hour work week or. You,
2: you're, you're hitting like all the, all the like pillars of, <laughs> of entrepreneur, you know, the, the modern entrepreneur, right? So you, you've got right. the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. I remember buying the book And it was when it first came out, I went and bought the book and I'm like, this is awesome. And now today I use that philosophy so, so much. That's
0: great. I'm still working on it.
2: (laughs) It's hard. It's hard because you get into this, this pattern of, I want to do it because I want to understand how it's done. And I want to make sure it's done the way that I feel comfortable with. So being able to hand that off. And I think that's one thing that Tim Ferriss does a really good job with. And he has the worst case planning. So instead of figuring out what should I do, it's like, what would happen if I didn't? Right. And he's got that philosophy, which has actually helped me quite a bit as well.
0: That's great. Yeah, it really is. It's, it is kind of mind changing because I was falling in the habit of, I think a lot of people we're kind of raised with the idea of you work harder and that's the best thing. You just the work you, more. The harder you work,
2: the more you'll be rewarded when it, right. it couldn't be anything further from the truth these days.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly.
2: So what did you, what did you take the most out of? I mean, you mentioned Lewis Howe's book. I mean, that's a relatively new book. Um, What was mm-hmm. it that you took out of it? If you, if you had to pick one thing that you took out of it, that was, was a big item for you, what would it be?
0: Here's someone around my age who also was an athlete and then, um, but that the athlete, it didn't work out for him because of injury and then how he was able to bounce back and create something new and, um, something totally different, but in the business realm and still incorporate a healthy lifestyle and then see that things don't always turn out the way you expect and then how you can bounce back and really do well after that.
2: Is there any other tip that you would want to give folks before I get into our three tactics for a better life?
0: Um, for running or? Anything. Anything, okay.
2: Anything. It, this, is about, this is about you and, and your journey and your, your experiences. So anything that you want to make sure that other people can hear.
0: Um, I would say just a general tip being persistent when things are really difficult, that's one of the most important things that a lot of times people don't realize that when things get very challenging, it's right before you're about to have a breakthrough. So um, to just really stick it out, especially if you really believe in something, and it's worth getting people around you who believe in that too or who support you because it, if you quit, then you'll always be you know, bitter about that or You'll never know what could have happened if you give up too early. You've transitioned
2: really nicely into, I always ask people for three tactics on how people can become better in business and in life. What other two things would you suggest to help people, whether it be in business or in life in general, to help them move on and and take themselves to that next level?
0: Another important thing is focus. So once you identify what you really want to do to really keep your focus on that and do what you need to do, if you need to write out your goals or write out your big goal and then the steps to get there. Um, and for me, I make a to do list every day too, that so that I check off the things that these will help me in my business for, or these are the things I need to do for the business. Um, And because there's so many distractions, I think it's easy to get thrown off course. And um, I had a problem for a while where I would just get sucked into social media. And then I realized, (laughs) like, my actual business, nothing is getting done. So I had to refocus and make these lists uh, for myself and also with people that I work with doing Google Docs and things like that. So I think staying focused would be another one of my big tips
2: and number three we got the last one what do we
0: got uh number three would be connecting with people i think a lot of times we don't realize how important it is to network with people and to be open to connecting with people and learning from other people because even if they do something completely different usually you can learn something from them and you might be able to teach them something also um so I would say kind of valuing your relationships with other people and valuing other people.
2: Awesome. Before we let you go, what is the best way for people to find out about a Run Street event? If there's going to be one near them, how do they get one near them? You know, I mean, I, I've already hit you up one time. I, I want one here in Phoenix. So we got to figure out how to do that. But what is the best way for people to reach out to you?
0: Uh, the best way would be to email um, Marnie at runstreet.com. You can also send me a message on Instagram through the Run Street Instagram. Um, I check that a lot. <laughs> so that works. And yeah, I would love to hear from people who want it in their cities. And we also have a list of our events on the Run Street website. So it's runstreet.com slash events. That's probably the most direct way to see what cities we're going
2: to be in next. Well, Marnie, I appreciate it. Um, we,
1: we've had a lot of fun getting getting
2: this scheduled.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That's
1: it for this episode of the Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting TedHuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-D-H Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on The Ted Huff Show.